There we go. Thank you for your vulnerability. Ah, well, we are nearing the end of our time together for the week away 2023, but I'm not going to even give you a space to go. Ah, because like Thea's rope, we are not finished. What happened this week is just a little part of eternity. Now, even though we might have felt really close to Jesus, really close to each other, I mean, the dancing last night, you know, just, whoa, that was, yeah, stunning as we grew closer together. We can laugh, we can dance, we can bake, we can dress up, we can skill the keeper, we can cherish, we can live for eternity as we leave. Now, our reading this morning is from the last chapter of 2 Timothy. So if you can turn to it, it's near the end of the Bible. Uh, if you get to Revelation, well, you should know where that one is now. Then you've gone too far. Unless you're going from right to left, then you haven't got far enough. Okay, all the T's come together. By the way, in, uh, so in the epistles, there are all... They start with all the A-N-S ending. Have you ever known that? No, it's that. Romans 1, Corinthians 2, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And uh, that finishes with the T's of Thessalonians. And then it goes to two more T's. One Timothy and two Timothy. Then it goes to another T, Titus. Now you know. There's the secret. Okay, so we're in 2 Timothy, chapter 4. And we're going to start reading at verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. You'll need your Bibles open, by the way. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations and your hardship to the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fights. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So the first thing I want to say is this, live for eternity with Jesus. Write it down. Live for eternity with Jesus. You're not imprisoned in Rome. Today you're in Moncton Coombe. Tomorrow you may be in Winchester or Bath or Cornwall or Oxford or somewhere else. Hopefully you're not under arrest. And yet we live in the same place as Paul 
if we see the big picture. Look again at verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Here's the big picture. Paul is living his life in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. So are we. We live in God's presence. Now notice Paul begins here with Jesus. You know, he could have begun with the church. You can't take the weak away away with you. You can't live in the weak away when you have the chance. But you always take Jesus with you. Live for eternity with Jesus. Download is not good enough. And then Paul says, in view of Jesus appearing and his coming, one day Jesus will return. Whether our lives are long or they're short, we can still have our eyes on the prize of Jesus appearing and his coming. Paul says, God is with you. Jesus will one day come back. So live for that day. Live for eternity with Jesus. Paul calls us, and I call you. And you can call each other. You know, if you're at download or you're on social media, call each other. And you can call me to live fraternity with Jesus. I mean, how many of us as leaders have been inspired by your faith in Christ this week? Live fraternity with Jesus. Number two, live fraternity by hanging on to the word of God. As young people, you live with a lot of challenges, whether it's busyness, whether it's your search for peace, like the seminar I was talking about yesterday, whether it's gender identity, sexuality, climate change, grief. Timothy had massive challenges too, including many of the same ones we have. But look what Paul's prime focus is. Have a look at verse 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, you may not be a preacher, but actually... That is secondary. The key thing for Timothy and for us is to hang on to God's word. God's word about his creation and his love for the world. God's word about humanity's sparks and wildfires of sin. God's word about judgment. God's word about saving you and me for eternity. God's word about Jesus' death on the cross for our forgiveness. God's word about his resurrection to seal the deal. God's word about his return to be with us for eternity. Paul says to Timothy, hang on to these things. Now you think, well, Dave, that was a long time ago. There's a lot of stuff happened since then. Was it not easier for Timothy to hang on to the word of God? Well, have a look at verse 3. The time will come. When people will not put up with sound doctrine. Paul says, Timothy, people don't want to hear what God has to say. Isn't that true today too? Instead, 
to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Just follow this thought for a moment. You know, were those times so much easier? What could a first century apostle know about social media algorithms? Have a look again at that verse. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Trump is great. Click, watch, like, follow. Biden is great. Unfollow. Trump is great. Like, watch, like, share, follow. Biden is great. Unfollow. Trump is great. Watch. What are they doing? Gathering around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Looks a bit different, but nothing has changed. Paul charges Timothy and us to keep our head, to do the work, to live for eternity by hanging on to the word of God. Whatever anyone else is doing, whatever anyone else is saying, transforming the world around us for the glory of God. So secondly, live for eternity by hanging on to the word of God. Thirdly, live for eternity whatever the cost. Let's read what Paul says in verse 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now remember, this is probably the last letter that Paul wrote before he died. He knows he's going to die. And that image of verse 6 is about the Jewish sacrifice of wine poured out. Paul's life is a sacrifice to honor God, and he's daily pouring it out for those around him. He's not living for himself. Now, I don't know if you've met Chris Whitaker yet. Let's see a photo of Chris Whitaker. There he is. Hey, this is our new curate, by the way, at Christ Church. Let's have a closer look at Chris's arm. No man liveth unto himself. Paul is pouring out his life, even under arrest, to the glory of God. He knows that he soon will depart. And what's on his mind in this moment? Verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Jack, do you want to grab the, uh, the, uh, the life, uh, the, the great resemblance, actually, of me? Yeah, thanks for those who painted that. Oh, <laughs> look at that. This is like Darren Brown stuff, this, because uh, you could have chosen any Olympic event. But you actually chose to paint me finishing the race. Thanks, Jack. Well, you can. Yeah. So God called Paul on the Damascus Road to be a light to the Gentiles, to tell non-Jews that they belonged. Here 
in God's family through Jesus' death and resurrection. And Paul's finished that calling. If you read Acts, you'll see how he did it. Paul has kept the faith. Was it easy? No. Read 2 Corinthians 11 in your own time. Living for eternity always has a cost. And that's why Paul says, endure hardship. It's going to be hard, but very little worth anything was achieved without sweat. Getting to the Women's World Cup final. Getting a four in maths GCSE if you really struggle with numbers. Living for eternity. It's a fight. It's a race. But Paul says, live for eternity, whatever the cost. Do we want, do you want to get to the end of your eternal, your uh, earthly life and say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Then live for eternity, whatever the cost. And fourth and finally, live for eternity because the crown awaits. Why is it worth living for eternity? Because something good is coming. Whatever the here and now looks like, something good is coming. The prize is worth it. Behold, I am making everything new. The crown awaits. Have a look at verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. A crown awaits. There's a crown that is just the right size for your head. When I was in primary school, I was in the school nativity. I was king three. Thank you. Alison, you would have been so proud of me. There I was on the stage. Somebody, by the way, made a mistake with her line, so my one line was lost. Okay. Never went back on the stage again. Anyway, it took them three goes to get a crown that was big enough for my head. There will not be that problem with your eternal crown. Your crown awaits you. Jesus died on the cross to take away the pollution of your sin. To take away the penalty of your sin, to take away the partition between you and God, to take away the power of sin over you. That is certain. If you believe this and long for Jesus' return, then one day you will be awarded a crown of righteousness, Jesus' perfection credited to you. The man on the middle cross said, I could come. Now, if you're not sure a crown awaits you, then ask for prayer before you go. Talk to your small group, group leader, but don't go home unsure. I took my son, out, Ollie, out to the pub the other night. Do you know what? It was a great time. We talked deeply, and I asked this question. What are your hopes 
and dreams. I wonder what you wrote in your angel envelope. What are you going to live for? As we finish our week focusing on eternity, as we head back to Winchester or work or maybe on holiday, and as you, some of you move on from download, I'd love you to be thinking about this. Are you running an eternal race? Are your eyes on the prize, the eternal prize of the crown of righteousness? Are you living for eternity? There was a man called Adoniram Judson. I just love that name. He was an American missionary to Burma for almost 40 years. He wrote to his girlfriend's father asking for her hand in marriage. Listen to what he wrote. I have now to ask you whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world. Whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of wanton distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you? For the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God, can you consent to all this in hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory with a crown of righteousness. Anne's father said yes. They were married and headed to Burma. Anne and three of her children died there. After 12 years, Adoniram Judson had only led 18 people to Christ. But when he died, he left 100 churches and over 8,000 believers. Today, there are 2.5 million evangelical Christians in Burma, which is modern-day Myanmar. Adoniram Judson, like Paul, was living for eternity. He was letting God write an awesome story with his life an eternal story, living for the wedding celebration that is better than any earthly one. The perfect city with the sparks of sin extinguished forever. The rubbish of this life left behind outside the city walls. The recreation of heaven and earth, what is broken healed and restored. Friends, we will not be disappointed. So will you join me in living for eternity? Just spend a moment thinking about that.
Will you join me in living for eternity? Count the cost. Because it's difficult living for eternity. And if you want to commit to answering Jesus' call on the whole of the rest of your life, to live for eternity, then come and take a pencil. You'll notice it's got a crown to remind us of the eternity of that crown of righteousness, that crown of righteousness that awaits those who trust in Christ Jesus. Take the pencil with the crown. Write in your notebook on this session, I will let God write my story. I will live for eternity. If you've lost your book, write it when you get home. Sign it and date it. Put the pencil with the crown on your desk or your bedside table every time you see this crown. Remember, hold it in your hand and commit, recommit yourself to shaping this world for the glory of God. Every time you see that crown, Say to God once more, God, I'm going to let you write my story in this world. You belong here in eternity through Jesus. Your friends belong here. You belong in eternity with Jesus. Yeah, if you want a pencil with a crown. Come, take it.